It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast that'll really make you think. We're spicing up the rules, mashing up the homebrews, and stirring up the debates. Add a little touch of our own, and you have Chef Bogue and the Pirate Captain's Recipes for Everything. With your host, the Pirate Captain. It's not because I took on an entire ship by myself and walked away unscathed just off good looks alone. Chef Bogue. I have in my rules for the original AG. Don't be a dick. And Loke the Bard. Lock the Bard bans all bards from his campaign. That wouldn't go over very yeah. well. And without further ado, here are your hosts. All righty. Well, uh, well, at least we didn't go harm on that intro. That was uh, crazy. Okay. What say ye, Loke? Great day to be at Man, you are a man of too many words. I've already had my issues with you, and we're going to get to those after a bit. I am the titular pirate captain, back at it again for another fun-filled adventure with all these Necronomicon. We're finally here, buddy. I, I know I finally got my ship docked yesterday. I didn't come in yesterday, but you did. Yeah, uh, I'll just smack you for that one. This is... You know what? I'm gonna turn your mic off. I, I can do it a little. It's not as easy. You may not. You may notice that our sound is a little bit different going into this one. It's because we are not in the Pirate Captain Studios. Uh, that name's to be trademarked later. We are actually here at Necronomicon. Finally, we've got actually a great. Uh, we got a great guest coming up. We're gonna get to him here shortly. Till then, we gotta get through the you know the obligatory Facebooks and Twitters and Gmails and all that other fun stuff. Oh, that's right. Wes, I am the titular pirate captain, as always, me bestest buddy, Bogue, and Loke. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be like a, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a, one of those deals where you have like, Wernstrom, but no. All right, here we are, the pirate cat. I am the pirate captain, Chef Bogue. Make sure you guys, if you have any issues you want to talk to us about, Chef Bogue and PC at Facebook, Bogue and PC at gmail.com. We, yeah. Necronomicon, man. This is a lot bigger than you told me it was going to be. It's a lot bigger than what I remember. How do, you, how do you not remember such a fun event, dude? This has actually been entertaining. It's always been fun. It's just been small. Small. Yeah. This isn't small, man. There's been close... This has been close to like 100 people out here. For a small con, this is like pretty large. Yeah. Well, thank you for getting us signed up. This was actually all his doing. I was... I was impressed he was able to find two brain cells to rub together and get this going, but this was actually all his doing. I had nothing for once. I wore him out. Uh, yeah. We're not doing anything else to that. What do you? What about you, Luke? What have you, you been up to around here? Oh, it's been fun. It's a nonstop party for the last few days. Yeah, we're. If you're partying, everybody needs to check their drinks. Yeah. There's some weird Bill Cosby stuff with you going on. I just still. I am a bar. That's what's got me worried. It ain't. It's all about the seduction. I'm not even going to touch on that one with a pudding pop. So, we're out here hanging out, guys. If you guys know that we're here, yeah, see, our first guest, he's got, he's got his mile-long stick to keep that bard away from him. Too bad the bard's hanging out, is getting ready to hand him the microphone. Yeah. Um, in fact, let's go ahead and get into it. We've got our first guest here at Necronomicon, and we're probably going to end up having to have this guy come over to the studio when we get the studio going up. Uh, I'd love to say to take a look at this guy, but he's already got me. He ganked me once. It's a hey, it's author JP Corwin, a JP Corwin official on Facebook, JP Corwin everywhere else, 
He's a author that actually had a few books in the t here at Necronomicon. So, JP, can you hear me over there? I can hear you over here, man. That's good. Trust us. If you could see us, you'd be happy that you're actually blind. I would say. What's that? Yeah, we've already been, uh, we've already had somebody twice come in here and tell me that I need to turn this down, that this party is not exactly uh, the party I thought it was coming to be. I had wenches, I had grog, I had that one lit weird monkey with a jukebox. It was kind of fun. I promised wenches and grog. That was part of my right to be on this show. I, well, you, look, where's the, you, you're in charage of this. It's Luke, they're already gone. Yeah. Come on, Luke, where are the wenches and grog? They're back in the opportunity. I'm blind. He totally could have lied to me. Yeah, he could. And he, he was. Yeah, he was just like, yeah, not, not now. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, watch that chord. It's kind of stuck. No. All right. So, you're an author, man. What kind of, yeah, so you're told. But you were telling me you do more things than just. You're more than just an author. You're actually a, a, a producer and a composer. Is that correct? Occasional voice actor, what like? I mean, just because you showed up on on our podcast doesn't mean we're paying you for that voice acting, all right? No, that's true. No, 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 that's, that's true. You, and you're not paying me, as we've established. Like, <laughs> like, so, uh, no, I, I just come to some side of our projects, your books, put together some commercials, some video games, stuff like that. Nothing dramatic or massive, but it's been a lot of fun. So, uh, what, your book? Because that's how I noticed you. Because you guys actually had like a table, like you go into the room behind us. There is a lot, and when I say a lot of like different artworks and things like that. Everybody's got something they're trying to sell. You just had your book. First off, how's a blind guy write a book? Uh, there's this neat thing called a keyboard. <laughs> uh, you use it, plug into this fancy thing called a keyboard. Yeah. Uh, no, so, uh, funny, I actually originally, the very first time I wrote, uh, which is the novella of the Lord of Demons, I actually used uh, a speech-to-text program called Dragon. Yeah. Well, at least, at least you're well literate because if you gave that to Bolg over there, he it, it wouldn't even the the spell check on that would be like, yeah, you know what? We're not even going to try this one. Let me tell you, it's bad. Uh, I don't get to use it anymore. In fact, I just picked that up on all my typing from back when I was a kid and I that stuff. But um, one of the biggest problems you find with speech to text is very often it misses context, so you get you know the wrong. Uh, we've already started recording. Into, into so the editor has that field there, looking at all your stuff and trying to translate what the It's funny and sad. It's always a never-ending issue with something. Somebody's always got to find find something. We're already in trouble again. But uh, hold on, we're gonna we're gonna hold up. Put put a pause to this real quick. We'll be right back. Oh, okay. We. Yeah, that is. <laughs> You know what, I'm just gonna leave that in there because we are back. So, how, how many novels? There was like five or six books right there on the display just as I walked up. Just three. So there's a couple of reprints, maybe a couple extra added. Oh, there's a hardcover. See, that way you don't eat it. But that's the goal, yeah. 
Is that a challenge? I, I think it is. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> Bring it. So give us a synopsis of the first book and then the latest book. So, cause, well, I don't want to take all your time because we're going to get you into our actual studio at some point and have like a nice, fun, long conversation where it's a whole hour of nothing but D&D. I'll do it, brother. So here's the deal. No, everybody knew me, those that knew me, everybody knew me from my music before. No one knows me as an author. So, you know, I've got to find a way to break that particular thing. So I start with this novella, which is the intro of the series, The Dawn of the Moon, and it's self-contained, but it launches everything. So you have Kate, this villain, this mad artist, and service to the campus of a place called Thorazine. And he is escorting a bunch of other people, this campus, to this village in the northwest of Canada called Westside. And everything is great, it's an art festival, it's going to be fun, things kind of pop us about how we stuff, right? Everything's going to be great, feasts and fun and stuff and banquets and everything is cool. And then a crow drops out of the sky like a stone but doesn't get back up. Uh, it sounds like a real red wedding we got coming on. And people start to disappear. And what we have is this small town with a few artists that have come to it with the artist herself, who owns the place, surrounded by whatever it is that's causing your disappearance and having to fight by that's crazy. So it's kind of, is it magical based? Like we're talking like, what's the magic setting in your world? Okay, so, uh, I'm guessing your listeners will know, will know about the different phrases, soft magic system and hard magic system. Short answer is, if it's d and it's hard magic because there are rules and you can follow and predict them. Soft magic, think typical of the horse, it does what the plot needs it to do. Right? Ah. Right, so, uh, I start out in Dawn, and while there is a hard magic system, you don't get to know about it. I want it to look like soft magic. I want you to just see the thing happening and not really be sure how it happens. But as the series progresses, you, along with some other characters, start to learn how the magic really works. Oh, that's crazy. So, within. You got three novels out, so by by the third novel, we already have an understanding at least of the basic rules, right? Like, oh, way more than basic. You've got, uh, you got a pretty broad understanding at this point. Um, it goes through all the, over the course of the two novels uh, that follow the novella, you get into the, the cosmology of it, you get into why the magic system works, what it's based on, and you can start to, as I've done my job here, be forced to predict what is going to be done with magic to solve problem X in front of you. Oh, that's crazy. I feel like here's really an important fact for me, and I think it's true of anybody making any kind of hard magic system. If 12 year old you could walk out into the backyard and come up with a spell that works within the setting and the magic that brings the light out the book, then I've done my job. I would say so. So you, uh, if I had to say, Based it off a, of a known system. Is it like a like? Because you say there is a system. It, it has its rules and stuff. Is it like a D and D or is it like a World of Warcraft? Like where does it have like multiple facets? World of Warcraft's got like fell and light and dark, or is it D and D that's got necromancy? It's got uh, evo evocation. So, so it all really starts with all the like action stuff, right? It's all D and D to begin with for the codification. Uh, of, of kind of almost every modern magic system in any book or literature or even movie. Right. And a whole lot of that just goes back to Gaia X, right? But I didn't want to go literally here of the schools of magic, and this one is prohibited to you. And so, so it has its own, and its own flair, and its own organization, and why it works, and what doesn't work. Blood magic is a separate thing that you can eventually learn about. Um, it, it, I'm not going to go too Yeah, I don't want you to spoil the story yeah, for all. But like, there, Magic is just what magic is, but the, the way it gets twisted is, is where things get interesting. 
Yeah. And so there is necromancy, of course, because, you know, it's fantasy horror. How could you do that without having some kind of necromancy? I'm going to tell you, I've seen some pretty scary Evoc wizards and warlocks, so. Well, there's that too. So, uh, you know, that exists, but it's, it's, a, it's a weird corruption. So magic within the world is referred to by those who practice it as the weed. And the individual schools are, or the types outside of them are threads of that kind. Right? So when you look at the idea of creating a spell, it is a sacrificed thread with some Okay. That's the description. So if it is it kind of like uh, let's say Black Clover, where when you cast, you know, everybody has their school of magic that they are preferred into, but their spells all kind of like follow a same format. If one guy is casting like mirrors, all of his spells have something to do with mirrors, or or do they branch out and it's like, well, yeah, this one may be a mirror, but that one may be something different. So that all depends on how you learn. Ah. Right, because if the way you, if the way your brain makes sense of everything as a caster, it's a tie between the mirrors, a tie between the dreams, or a tie between the fire or snakes or whatever, then you're going to flare and color yourself with that lens, with that brush. But if you are more utilitarian and you do what makes sense at the time, then you're going to learn spells a different way. You're going to learn to manifest your magic in a different way with each individual growth you out. Man, I wish I could read because this sounds awesome. I love a well-diverse magic system in games. I, it's something that's complicated without, like, it should be easy to get get at first, but complicated towards the end. And the more you can think about it, and it seems you've done that really well under writing. You also mentioned earlier that you were trying to get away from being a composer into being more of an author, or sorry, a, a song, singer-songwriter. Well, no, so I started out being singer-songwriter. I started out doing rock. I, I have always referred to it, and people seem to like it as blind indie rock. <laughs> you know, because you're blind, you might as well make use of it, right? Turn hey, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at, Paul? Exactly. I mean, you know, all those people. And Loke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, um, so when I. Everybody that knew me already read the books and saw that there were songs that were lyrics songs that people were occasionally singing during the books, relevant to what's going on, right? Let me find out that you put your lyrics into your own. Well, that's it. They, they knew me, they're like, well, of course those things are songs. And of course they are. So I started to put on my composer hat, got a whole bunch of additional equipment at the house, and had me begun to compose, and I've already put out the soundtrack for the first, first book. The soundtrack for the second book is almost finished. Uh, it's been basically post-production at this point. And I hope to have it out at the end of October. What we need to, what we need to do is we got to let Bolg read it. Bolg, can you uh, can you read at least a couple lines for him? So that way he knows what his book's going to sound like. A couple of lines? Yeah, a couple of lines, Bolg. Read, uh, read out. Uh, it's, it's a little bit like, like a squiggly line. All right, you know that was a terrible idea. I'll never suggest anything again. I should suggest something. Ah, no. Yes. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that. Are we gonna come back to that? Yeah, put a pin in that one. Ah, yeah. No, I'm not allowed near sharp objects. You run. There's a reason I got a wooden leg. That running with scissors is. I didn't know it carried over to cutlasses. You did not have proper system handling equipment, did you? Well, that's why I also have a, Well, I tell you, I, that's the reason I have two pig legs, but someone decided to eat my leg in the first episode. I would tell you. Captain Slay. <laughs> no, it's... A, gotta, if you got to do a podcast, do it with your bestest buddies. Buddies that'll, that'll pop off on you, man. It's, I, you know, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. 
I would, I'd like to think. So, yeah. Any help outside of writing this book? Like, I'm not saying because you're blind. I just, is there anybody else that adds ideas to your stuff? Anybody that helps you with, like, writer's block? So, I, I, I'm weird. I know that's a shock, right? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm weird. My writer's block is really different than what I keep hearing other people do. So, writer's block for most people is that the blank page is there, and I don't know what to write, or I just, I'm stuck as to what to write, right? Kind of typical definition. Yeah. For me, it's all, it's especially I don't even know what's going to happen. What I need to figure out is where during the day am I turning on the camera? Right? You go back to all the old reality shows that nobody really cares about, but people used to love, right? Yeah. Nobody wants to see, and the housemates wake up and burst their teeth, right? Who cares? I don't know. She's hot. I kind of want to watch her. You know, there's a thing for everything. I'm not saving you much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Little circles, all quadrants. But there's stuff you don't care to see, right? So it's still stuff that you know is going to happen. Do you join the housemates on their way to work? Do you join them if they're making coffee? When do you turn the camera? When does the reality show start broadcasting? That's my only writer's block. When within the scene, I already know the scene, when am I starting to actually pick up the pen in the scene? Makes sense. We're talking with J.P. Corwin. That's J.P. Corwin. C-O-R-W-I-N. I forgot to spell his. How did you like let me give it away without spelling it? Yeah. See. Yeah. Well, you know what? When we first, when he first brought it to me, it was uh, Colin for some reason, but I had to go in and fix it. Am I a Did you have someone else in mind? Am I not your first blind guy? You're my first blind guy. I just. I'm not just saying that. I'm not. You are my Bard's first blind guy. So it's J.P. Corwin official over on Facebook. J.P. Corwin everywhere else. He's an author, singer, songwriter, compo uh, composer. He does it all, despite being blind. He's not letting that get him down. Except for the fact that he won't let us spell his name right. Will he, Loke? <laughs> no, it's not. It's written clearly on your name tag. You t he tells... <laughs> I just wanted to go on fact that your handler, the guy behind you, his name tag looks like it was written by a blind guy. Yours looks doesn't. I wrote it. It's been awesome. AJP, hey, I appreciate you sitting here talking with us today, man. We're definitely going to have you back in for a real studio, uh, a real studio interview. It'll be a lot better than that. No, thanks, man. J.P. Corwin, man, he's leaving for England next week. Yeah. Uh, so that was that's you. That's you. I want you to go through that door and see if you can't snatch one of those LARP players. Yeah, do it. I I wonder how long it's going to take him to get around. Somebody, can you go with him and then text me when he's got somebody? <laughs> We're Shanghaiing people again. <laughs> he said he wanted to put his name bigger up, up, up a lot larger on the on the marquee. I guess he's got to earn his way. I mean, think about it. When we first came together, it was me and you in my bedroom on a comfortable bed with a microphone and nothing else on. That's just Saturday as it is. It is Saturday. But, uh... Then we invited him along, and now it's turned out to be one of the greatest adventures ever, and weirdly erotic. 
It is weird. He's the bard. This is why I do not like those bards. Dirty, nasty bard. I tell you, it's been fun having him around. I got to tell you, man, though, this, this Necronomicon has probably been, this was one of your better ideas. Hey, I, I came here years ago when it was actually uh, at a different hotel, and was really impressed by the guests that they have here, uh, the crackers, and uh, like at JP, and they talk about stuff that's really well important to do, yeah. creating your own magic system, and, and general rights and stuff, and how DMs come up with new ideas. So I, I think it's a great concept, and just sit around and I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm surprised how many riders there actually are out here. You go out the hall. Oh, did they did they not let him in? Okay. You found a new guest. Is it the kid that you can throw a fish at? We're gonna get him here in a bit. So who's this? What's up, man? Come on down. Ooh. Yeah, good check. <laughs> I'll lower you down. Look, he's a professional, unlike you. <laughs> Sit right there, man. We're going to be talking to you here in a bit. Okay. All right, so my name is Brian. Uh, I own a publishing company called Shadow Comics. No shit. And this gentleman asked me if I like D&D. If Iconic is based off my D&D campaign. No, all right, hold on. First off, I sent you to get a LARPer and you come back with gold. Your name deserves to be on the marquee. So you... I am. I am the pirate captain with, as always, my bestest buddy, Chef Volk. Ah, anyway. No, so you, you made your publishing company about your own D&D comic, or how did this all start? Tell me. Yeah, so we, we decided to publish our campaign because we, we wanted to put it in something, and uh, we got the comic book, and we started the publishing company to publish the book. So is there like a whole like somebody else gets to tell their story and and it goes off and it's got its own comic book now or is there just one comic? Uh, so we've got the Hardly Heroes world and we're developing a couple other unique stories uh, and we're, we're working with some other creators to publish those comics. No kidding, man. Dude, uh, who does? Can I? You mind if I take a look? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Here you go. Dude, the artwork on that's amazing. Look at that, the color scheme. So who? Are, so explain, because obviously we're in podcast world. Tell me about the guys that are here on the cover. Sure. So the guys on the cover are uh, four main characters in the book. Uh, you got Theron, who's like a wolf archer assassin. You got Salazar, who's a human warlock. Uh, you got the big hairy blanco looking guy. He's a mountain dwarf monk, and then you have Shump, who's a half man, half orc. Half, what, whoa, half gnome, half work? Yeah. There's. I'll let you decide who is the mother and who is the father. He doesn't like to sleep with his food. Dude, that's awesome. Like the color schemes and stuff. I, I figured he was a warlock too. He just had that warlock sex appeal that bards don't get. Okay. <laughs> Are there any. Hold on, before I read this, and I will read it, but if there's a bard in there, I'm going to tell you it's off my list. There's a bard in there, isn't it? Ah. Tell me, uh, before we get too far, tell people how they can find your comic. People are going to listen to We're going to get you also, all the people here that we try to talk to, we're going to definitely try to reach out, have you into our actual studio. We, we don't just come to conventions and record. It's 
this is a little low key. We actually have a professional studio, but uh, tell people how they can find uh, how they can find you. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so our website is Awesome, man. Hey, we'll be reaching out to you here at the after the comics uh, done a little bit, and we will get back to you about how we can get you in. Uh, I'm gonna definitely probably come over and buy one of your comics, man. I've been uh, I've been looking for something new to read, and it's nice to see that the fantasy genre is coming kind of like back to the main front. Like we saw it with the rise of like uh, Stranger Things. That's what it was. I was having a hard time thinking there. I know it's one on my forte, but Stranger Things brought fantasy, but now you're putting it into a comic. Uh, how many issues do you have? That's a big one for me. Can I actually still get the first issue? Oh yeah, I've got some at the table. We've got them on the website. Uh, we're on issue six now. Uh, seven will drop end of October. Oh damn. So who's this campaign? You the DM yeah. or were you one of the players? So yeah, it was, I'm, I'm the player. So I come in as like the main warlocks. Like I wasn't pretty good. See, you you pick you pick the right guy. Anything that wasn't a bard. Sorry, I have. There's a long-running thing with me hating bards, and then I invite one to be on my show, our show. Bards are OP. Bards, no, bards are not OP. Bards are just man. Let me find out. And you've got one too. Oh man, we got the fish kid. Damn. We, there, there's too much to get into on this. All right, all right. We gotta slow down. Slow down. I gotta get done with this one real quick. Did that die on you? Okay. All right. I still want to get to you because there's there's a lot. So you're. You're a player in the campaign. Who does? Is the all everything done by you guys, or is there somebody that does your artwork and things like that? Like. So yeah, we have uh, well, we're the writers and the editors. Uh, we have an art staff. So we've got a guy who does the pencil and inks. We've got a colorist, a letter, and we put it all together. We're in Jacksonville. We ship it out of Jacksonville. Oh man, are you guys from Jacksonville? Okay, so it's going to be hard to get him in the damn studio, too, because we broadcast out of St. Pete, but we're definitely going to get... Oh, oh, oh snaps! Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll definitely... We'll, we'll be working that one out with you, man. Anything else you want to tell us about your comic, though? Something special, something unique that nobody else is going to hear anywhere. Uh, so, well, so it's also a dedication to the original DM. Uh, so I drove a year into it, but the other guys... Want to tell his story because he ended up dying of cancer. Oh man! And so uh, the first campaign art is kind of dedicated to him. That's crazy. But then one of the players took over as the DM. So like four years later, we're still playing almost every Monday night. You see, so, why can't you do anything like that with your campaign? Die? Yes. Or, or get published? <laughs> 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 now maybe we, we there's stories to tell. We we're we're more of like. We have little defining key moments that make us the party that we are, like the crowning of the dick face pirates and everything. That's my, that's my favorite story to tell. And, I, and in fact, I'll tell it now, later. But, <laughs> no, it's moments like that. Tell us the story, you know, I grew up the world. We're just doing Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate having you in here, man. We're definitely going to reach out to you. We'll, uh, I want you in studio. I want all you guys, because you guys are amazing creators. There's so much talent here that I, I was blown away. I walked in, wall-to-wall -wall content here at Necronomicon, and I, I, I thought this was going to be a bust. I thought we were going to be able to find anybody. 
the second creator. He's a comic book dude. That's like that's a, right up my alley. I love comics. Yeah, there's a lot of novelists. So I appreciate you hanging out with us, man. We're gonna definitely move, be moving right along. Okay, we got the kid that'll let you throw a fish at him. Uh, yo. Hey, what? Go, go get his information. You have one job. You want your name on the marquee. He, he's got one job while he's here as a bard, and he's barely barding it up. Tell our story. Tell everybody who we are and why we're here. And I need that man's information and that guy's leg. <laughs> okay, so we have the kid that'll let you throw a fish at him. And he, and he was messing with me earlier, and I was like, I don't, I don't pay to... I don't pay to throw fish at kids. I just go punch them in high school until they kick me out. I didn't know you were actually. A, you have a comic book too, dude. That's wild. What's your name? First off, what's your name? My name is Beckman. Holy shit! You're southern as hell. Is that is that your true voice or is that you're just you're, you're using that one because show voice? Okay, that, dude, that's awesome. Can I take a look at your comic as well? Well, I mean, this is his. Oh, that's his. Oh, it is his. Oh, you dude. That's the first edition. Look at that. I'll let you take a look. Don't mess up the kids' comic. How did you... Okay, first off, pull up your sign so I can officially read your sign. This is the crazy thing. Colon can, so that's the fit. That's obvious. Throw a, a colon can? Seal can. Seal Throw a seal can, uh, $2 for... And give a tip for a photo with the colon can. Okay, so what's... Uh, usually you go to cons, you find the guys that are like free hugs. You're actually getting people to throw fish at you. Like... Can I slap you with it for two bucks? If you really think that you have like a, a garbage throw, you know, really just can't throw it, I'll let you slap me with it. Well, I don't have a very good dexterity score, so that'd probably be it, man. This is, dude, where did you come up with this idea? I've seen you walking around, it's hilarious. I've been laughing at it all day. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, um, I went to Phantasm, right? So, at Phantasm, uh, you know, I saw this weird stand because, you know, I was walking around. I was actually um, with my grandmother who runs Necronomicon. Oh, your grandmother runs Necronomicon? Yeah, my grandmother and my grandfather. Yes. No kidding! Okay, look, you just, you hit the jackpot here, man. Yeah. No kidding. All right, so we'll move on We'll move on to that because this is more about you and your fish. Yeah. All right, so tell me more about the fish. Anyway, so, uh, you know, we were there giving out cards about Necro, such on... And I had a vendor card because, you know, we were passing out for Necro. So I went around, I found, you know, a whole bunch of coelacanth stuff. This guy was just trying to get rid of his, a whole bunch of small statues, you know, stuff like that. I got it all for like 20 bucks, right? It would have been, been 35 if the guy really, like, was actually trying to sell it. So like, I got it all for 20 bucks. You found him at the end of the con, didn't you? No, not at the end. Oh, man, really? That's when you go and get the best deals. Yeah, no, it was, uh... It was on Saturday, but I, you know, I was there, I bought it and everything, and I was like, okay, that was 20 bucks, I don't have any more money. You know. <laughs> so, now that I have no money, right, you know, I was like, let's think of a really dumb idea for me to get money somehow, because I have a vendor's card, right? At a Comic-Con, I should not have a vendor's card at, <laughs> and I now have a really dumb-looking fish. So, first thing that came to my mind was those uh, clowns in the dunk tanks, you know, right. the heckle people. 
So, you know, I'm starting heckling at people. You know, hey, I bet you can't hit me with this. Come on, man. Do it. $5, $5 says he won't. Man. And, uh, you know, like that, it started working its magic, and I made 27 bucks, you know, off of, you know, because people were like, oh, damn, this kid, he's hustling. All right. I would say, but I've seen you. How many? How much money you made today? For as a pause. Sixty bucks. Yo, what? Think about it. We can let them throw you. We can let them throw panties at Luke. Or still this kid's hustle and his sign. No. No, it's a pretty. It's funny, man, because like, it's something I've never seen ever at a con before. Every time else you go to a con, you got guys that are, oh, free hugs. There's always that guy or hug for a dog. Or the people pay me to take a picture. Yeah, that one's, that, I like, I love those. They're like, I'm famous on Instagram. I don't care. This is somebody I'd actually pay for now that I know more of the story that he's out there straight up like running a whole scam out here. Not a scam, but it's... I'm really just trying to, you know, raise money for, you know, just going to high school and having some pocket money. Yeah. It's always a good thing to have because, you know, yearbooks, ring comments, stuff like that. How old are you? I'm 15. 15? No way, dude. Dude, you've already got, like, a business venture. You'll never have to work again if you, you just start getting you, like, a little booth and pay to be at cons. But, dude, within... You will pay to come money you just take it high yeah, exactly. Oh man, have you taken it to high school? No, I'm That's homecoming week stuff right there, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. You can pay for it. You'll, you'll have homecoming paid for probably but two days in. And like, well, I mean, I'll probably just go on homecoming paid by being here on Saturday. Oh, damn. You know, it, it's like 60 bucks. I mean, I feel like that's a tactic lunch, personally, you, but you know. I mean, you got to rent a, you got to get a nice, yeah, a nice new get up, and you got, yeah. I don't, I like, when I went to homecoming, they just, you had to wear the same jeans, and you just couldn't be your work jeans. Yeah. What's that? So what's this uh, colicanth made out of? Dude, I don't know. I bought it from a guy that's from Japan. Oh, oh, dude, this is this yeah, is something you can. It's hefty. Right. Because the reason, so bold. The reason got I got it hefty was just. Okay. That's the reason. You don't want to hit bold. I'm listening to you, but I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, no. The reason I'm using that is because you know, I know people really want to watch. I don't know if it's they just want to see an edgy teen suffer or if they just want to hit a kid with a fish. That I think is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, just about. But I mean, you know, both are pretty worth it. I would say. It is fun to pick on the rogue. I don't think he's a rogue. He's definitely a bard. He's a little con man running around trying to. Yeah, but not like he does. 60 bucks in a day letting people throw fish at him. I need some. Oh, actually, hold on. Oh, oh man. Okay, I have something for you to tell you. So, uh, I have this thing that isn't on my board. So, you know, you pay me 10 bucks, I can't come. Like, I can't protect myself. So, somebody pays me 20 bucks to throw this fish at me six times. I got hit in the nuts twice because I couldn't protect my face. <laughs> the extra $10. <laughs> That's right, you're hearing it here first. If you want to hit this kid in the schnutz with a fish, 20 bucks. Yeah, well, six I got times, three. Six times, by the way. Oh, six times. Yeah, because, uh, so. Five dollars for three times? I got the prices, I thought yeah. I remember. Yeah, look. So, you know, since it's 20 bucks, that's two bucks uh, to the ten. So the ten is to make sure that I'm protecting myself. 
That's a throw from each of us, by the way. We'll get that here. We're going to get that on video before we leave. I'm just impressed. I'm just impressed that you've got... Uh, this is a scheme I've never, and I, and I call it a scheme, but he's quite brilliant. It's some Lex Luthor level crap going on right here. Yeah, it's an honest scheme. It's not a, a scam, it's a scheme. Is that, is, that the, is that what we're defining as the difference? Is a scheme is good, a scam is bad? Yes. Okay. I think that's fair. Okay. Alrighty. Uh, once again, you can throw a Colicant at this kid. You'll see him at Necronomicon from here on out and other cons. And is there a way people can find you and your Colicant online so that if they want to go to a con, they know you're going to be there? Man, should I just say on my number for people to call me? Uh, no. You'll probably get a lot of weirdos out there. But uh, you should do that, though. Think about that. Set you up a little Facebook page. I'm sorry. I don't ask Loke to do it because it ain't going to get done the way you want it. Separate one from your personal. Yeah. The Colin Kent kid. I like because he's got the cowboy hat and everything. It works. Oh, man. Hey, we're going to get our throws in real quick. We'll be right back. You got to narrow it. Let's do this. Uh, we have the pirate captain. Up the pitch first. Oh, uh, this is Fair enough. All right. We'll be right back again. Here's the card for... Yeah. All right. I need him. I'm going to go buy some of his comics. What I need you to do, I need you to go talk to these LARPers as you're going through. Yeah. Yeah, your mic should still be on. Try now. Hey, try your mic before you leave. The light's not on. Hold it. Better. Yeah, 
Yeah, all right. I need you to explain it. And, it, and when, they, when they say they don't want to come, don't say no for an answer. It's like you in the bar. All right, so we're going out. This is dangerous. We should not have ever sent him. This was a this was doomed to failure from the start. We're sending him off to look for LARPers. Hey, I mean, you, there's all sorts of things you can do. You can come over and talk with us. We send him looking for LARPers. He's out there looking for people in the booths. Following directions is not as... We're busy playing another game. Oh, is he going that way now? Aye. I don't care if you're playing other games. Fucking, this is our room right now. We can tell you to get the fuck out. Yeah. Us letting you sit in here and play your games. Don't take no for an answer. <laughs> they're, they're, so we had we had originally uh, we had upset them. That's why we had to move the speaker to the other side because apparently we were upsetting. What's your name? All right, we're bringing Kristen back. Awesome. Uh, one uh, one thing after another. It's just another. It's a never-ending nightmare with him. <laughs> oh man, we'll get to you here in a sec too, John. This is my One Piece friend over here. We he's coming back with our third mic, so we don't have we only have the two. But uh, he sat here. He actually made me think of the Foxy Pirates in a whole new light. And I've I'm pretty upset with myself that I actually like that arc now. You found ourselves a larper. Well, what's up, man? Grab that mic from him because he's a chump and he shouldn't have—he should have at least handed it to you, man. What's your name and what you doing here? I'm Lysander. I'm the Toriador called Bishop. And uh, yeah, no, I'm here to make London better. London better. So not like y'all's world, London, or is it kind of based off of our London? World of Darkness. Ah. Uh, so kind of similar, but let me think. Where are we right now? King Henry. Okay. Man. Wow. So, yeah, I know. Sorry about uh, upsetting you guys earlier. That's and then sending him over there. It was like, like more salt to the wound. We're like, yeah, go back over there. Don't come back without one. And he's like, but they told me I couldn't. I they don't care. Go get one. Well, they said see because I'm a Tory though, so I'm the flamboyant one. Well, welcome in, man. Hey, this you know D and D. It's a D and D podcast. We're just here hanging out at Necronomicon, and we just we interviewed the guy that let you throw a fish at him. But it's different, man. We we thought about having LARPers. Stake him and leave him out for the sun. You can't catch me. <laughs> you heard him. And I'm gonna be honest, if it gets farther than the deck, then I'm I'm just out of this already. But uh no man, we've we've talked about having like LARPers on in the past. It it cause Technically, when you're playing D&D, it's not the same kind of LARP that you guys are probably doing in there, but it is a lighter... D&D oh, &D is LARP light. Kind of like diet LARP, yeah. if you would ask. Yeah. So, with D&D, &D, uh, I run my college's gaming club. We've got 136 members now. Holy uh, crap. Oh, yeah, we are now the largest club on our college campus, so screw everybody else. <laughs> you heard that, others clubs. We don't care. And, uh, 
No, uh, we've had D&D campaigns. We've done the tabletop version of World of Darkness, which is this D&D furniture. And no, I mean, it's, this really is just a more in-depth version of D&D &D and tabletops. No kidding. Are you guys, so I've seen it in at other cons in the past. They come in, and when they LARP, they use cards. You guys kind of just... Uh, how, how are you guys LARPing next door? Oh, the old roads. Oh, man. That's uh, like... How, okay, so is there somebody in there that kind of like deems ties and like how do how do you guys do that? Like, he's got a knife. Oh man! Oh, so. That's crazy. Ties usually go to whoever has the highest stat. Being a corridor, I prioritize social over anything else. In a fight, I am not useless. I could probably kill those people. But. See? But, that's something that we call useful. But, as a Tory, I would never fight it would ruin my health. <laughs> I like that. I, I, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm very unversed in the worlds of that, but it just. Toriador is a fancy bar, right? Oh, yeah. Toriador's vampire bar. 110%. Well, I'm just done with this conversation now. No, this is a long running joke. It's. Okay, well then here, you two have him. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a long-running joke uh, about the D&D &D bard that I think it's a class that doesn't need to be needed because it can do everything everybody else does. Why do you need it? And it takes away what made the bard originally special, which was a, a party. It was what, not, They're there for the party, but now they can just do everything everybody else does. I can do what a warlock does. I can do, and it's just, I don't, I don't like that. So with D&D, I was like, it's a man of class and culture. But, as a, I usually, I'm kind of forever down. They're like, you're the president, you're in charge. Like, that's, no, 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 no. Not when you're the president, you get to do whatever you want to do. Like, that's, that's... That's why I'm delegating uh, all my VPs to start new campaigns. Uh, we've got five campuses and an online group. So, I'm running an online campaign, and then our VPs are running like three other campaigns right now. So, there's a lot going on tabletop wise. Hey, and this is here at USF, right? No, or I'm from North Georgia. North Georgia, <laughs> man. Ten hours to be here. No, God yeah, bless it, um, man. Why? Wow. I all right. actually drove all the way here just to do this work, and then what part of like, what part of Georgia? Rome. Rome? Okay, I know where you're at. So yeah, about an hour thirty from Atlanta. Yeah, I'm. Uh, my family's from Thomaston, so yeah, yeah. Friendly neighborhood, friendly friendly neighbors. But that's crazy, man. Ten hours, and you guys have 142 players. You were saying, like, is that? Yeah, 140. Yeah. Man, how do, and everybody gets a chance at the table because, like, we already have a bad enough area with just the eight of us trying to get everybody in at one table and sits down, and it's a nightmare. The most we've had in one session is 16. Holy! We ran a combat scene that took. I got one of my vice presidents. You can't play it. Right. Not in the cards, you're not playing. Your assistant DMing, I need you to sit on the other side of the table and we're just gonna split for the first load and we're gonna get through this fight. We're gonna find a bunch of fucking dragons, they're all level 10. This is gonna go one of two ways. We're all gonna die or they're all gonna die. We'll cross it when we get there. Man, so you guys, with that amount of players, you guys could have done one hell of a PvP. Like, you could have set up against each other, and that would have been awesome. We've done tournaments just for people to make characters come in and just see who can beat out each other. And we've done, like, pizza party events just doing that. Makes me want to go to college. Yeah, that's great. 
No, man. So you drove you drove 10 hours, and now are you running that whole room over there? Is that your group, or is that just you just wanted to be a part of that group? I'm just some guy that's <laughs> Man, I wish I could drive 10. Dragon Con, okay. What were you going to say? You got to talk into the mic like you. this isn't your first day. He's got it down. You're... Oh man, I had three of these this week. I had to do the paper, uh, the student podcast. So this is my second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at you. You're just, well, I mean, you're very personal. Well, it's very nice. We were glad that we actually got to have you out here. So the ears, those are, are, are the prosthetics. Explain those. Because I see LARPers all the time with some of this stuff, the leather and the things like that. And man, it's going to sound weirdly weird when people listen to this. Oh, yeah. I'm just sitting here at a course and a bunch of um, so the ears, you know, usually in the vampire, you don't think it's yeah. elf ears. Um, the specific plan that I am for you also <laughs> But uh, the Samitsi clan had a ability uh, called Vissitude, where you can, like, shape flesh and things. Yeah. Uh, the type of Toriador I am, well, here for you, they have Vissitude. So my character thinks, you know, elves are stereotypically the most attractive fantasy race. Toriador like attention, Toriador like to be the most attractive people. So I use the flesh craft to give myself the ears to garner extra attention. Man, that's pretty good. So yeah, now this is a prosthetic that's like glued on my actual ears. Oh, man. It feels like right off. Uh, it's really unique, man. I just uh, like the whole costume and stuff like you got going on. It's really awesome. And it's having LARPers, like I said, is, is something that we're not used to. We thought we've talked about it in the past, having them on. And it's actually nice to have you on. So I appreciate you coming in and sitting down with us, man. Yeah. So um, in the future, with like LARPers, try and figure out what to play on. Look for the plan that's most barb-like. No offense to next one. Uh, but uh, we're the flamboyant people that like to come in and talk about ourselves. Wow. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for the heads up. All right, man. We're probably going to do one more interview before we're done at that, so we're going to take a quick break. All right. We're into our final interview here at Necronomicon. This has been absolutely amazing. Make sure you come find our friends. If you're listening to this, we're going to get them in in studio for a real, actual, like, it sounds professional type deal. Oh, yeah, definitely. This, is, this has been a fun event. <laughs> Next year, you join us. Oh, absolutely. Join us next year here at Necronomicon. We're coming back, and hopefully we'll be a little bit more professionally set up. Yeah, for, for those that don't know, Necronomicon is one of the oldest sci-fi, horror, fantasy convention. Uh, so. Yeah, we met. We had the grandson on of the guys that run it, and they let us throw a fish at him, and it was worth 10 bucks. Right now, we actually have the, one of the first guys that actually came up and talked to us at the meet and greet that we did here earlier. Hopefully, we're going to get more. Hopefully, we'll see this guy back here. He's the... Uh, look... I like One Piece, and if I sit here with him with on One Piece, this is a whole nother episode, and it's on its own, because he was a One Piece fan, and he actually did something that I was, I never thought anybody would ever be able to do, and that's making me see the Foxy Pirates in a whole new, uh, a whole new light. That's my man, John. John, welcome to the, to the podcast, man. What's, what brings you to Necronomicon specifically? That's, I mean... Ah, that's what I did. You know, you work with your best friends. I call this work, but this is, you know, not, what would you call it? We're not friends. We're member of a bar. Oh, that's right. Dirty, nasty boards. Oh. We're buddies. No. You were playing a game over here next to us after uh, the meet and greet, and when in the room that we're in right now, it's like a big tabletop room, except for those people look like they're getting ready to have dinner. That's funny. They got the menus out and everything. I hope they're not eating your cooking, bud. I mean, and actually at eight o'clock tonight, uh, Chef Bob will be hosting a D and D game. 
So sign up starts an hour before the game. So. Yeah, awesome. So John, what was what was that game you were playing, man? The one that was like it was right here at the little tables. Bears. That just sounds like we're learning life lessons that I'd have to explain to children after I get out of jail for explaining it to children. Essentially, it's like a uh, bee-based, you know, type game. Yeah, look at it. They'll, they'll tag any game together. Honeycomb Big, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know good. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't have it a whole lot, man. It's It's been a day. So you got is that, you said you don't play D&D, and I know we're a D&D podcast, and we haven't really done a whole lot of D&D. I think we had a writer, we had a guy who wrote a D&D comic, a kid that we got to throw a fish at, a LARPer, and now we got a guy that we we failed at this con of getting D and D players. We are we are so good at what we do. But what do you not do any tabletop? Because I know you're saying you have a hard time just sitting down for that long. Because it is a long game. I give you that. Is there any kind of tabletop that you do? Uh, I played uh, World of Darkness World Edition ten years ago. Right. Like uh, we played it for like two months, and it just. Uh, Ended up being a huge argument with, um, with the group. Ah, dude. See, we argue in our group, but in the end, it's all, I'm always right. Yeah. See, silence is uh, silence is silence is a uh, is a yes. Isn't that right, Bard? It's not an argument when you lose. And, and, you know what? I'm enough from the damn peanut gallery. I don't do that, do I? No, you don't. You're you're fine. You're perfect the way you are. But uh, no, man. So, what is like? If you could do something to make D and D more accessible to you, what would you do? Like, is there any way we could make have you sit down to play D and D with us? Um, well, we were playing it without like any like figures and like, so we uh, that that is a like, something that you could observe. Yeah, it's. That's theater of the mind, man. That's probably one of the worst play, ways to play. Yeah, so he used our friends over at Red Dragon with the, the miniature setups and the 3D printed models would probably be the way he would want. Yeah, no, we got this guy who makes these amazing. We'll show. I'll, we'll have to show him to you afterwards. And he was supposed to be here. I was hoping to see him, uh, and I, I guess he didn't end up making it. Uh, our friends, by the way, when we this episode is not sponsored by anybody, but we do want to shout out to the Red Dragon guys. They're awesome. But uh, no, he can actually make these like amazing 3D miniatures that you can actually play out. And he actually has maps that he built, and they, they're interchangeable, interlockable, and they have everything, man. So it, it's weird to find that the one thing that helped you actually become a long-time player may have been is if we'd have had just a few more pieces. So, no? All righty, John. That is it for us. This is the end of our podcast. Thanks for sitting down with us, man. I do appreciate that. Anything from my peanut gallery over here? You have peanuts? I don't have damn peanuts. This is Chef. Yeah. This is Chef Bolg and the Pirate Captain's recipes for everything. You can find us on Chef Bolg and Pirate Captain on Facebook. CBPC at C uh, Chef Bolg BC. Ah, you know what? I'm gonna let me at the end of this talking about. Bye, guys. Oh, say goodbye, Bolg. Say goodbye, Luke. Bye, guys. To Chef Bog and the Pirate Captains, recipes for everything, featuring Luke the Bard, of course.
Make sure you go find us on Facebook to see what old concoctions Bogue is cooking up in the kitchen. And if you want your emails read, then email us at bogandpc at gmail.com. And as always, happy adventures. Yarrr.